the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You might think that the death of someone on a New York subway has nothing to do with you. In fact, it has a lot to do with you and a lot to do with your community, particularly if you live in one of Central Ohio's safe communities and the number of those communities are dwindling, of course, and that is the plan. And the plan is being endorsed by everyone on the left, including those who have access to the levers of power, including those who, quote unquote, report the news. That is what we will talk about today, at least at the outset of a Friday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along on 94.5 in Dayton and 94.5 in Columbus. There are nice neighborhoods everywhere. They are aspired to be a place you reach when you achieve a certain success level in life. Uh, Living in uh, Upper Arlington, living in Dublin, living in New Albany, living in some of the nicer neighborhoods in Montgomery County, uh, it's something that sort of demonstrates that you have done things the right way. You've uh, perhaps educated yourself, uh, saved your money, invested your money wisely, spent your money wisely. Maybe you have started a business, solved a problem, supplied a need, and been successful. Now, that has always been something that everyone has aspired to. Uh, It has now uh, become a... uh, an indicator that you are privileged and that if you want to protect it, if you want to shield it from the danger that you escape by moving from a crime-ridden area of a city or a county to a safer area, well, that indicates that there's some kind of a flaw in the way that you view other people. Now, we have laws in our country that do not allow discrimination in housing. We have uh, redlining laws. We have fair housing laws. You cannot not sell your house to someone because of their ethnicity, because of their race. But those laws don't really deal with the fact that suburbs can't be cleansed. Of their privilege. Uh, There is no one that I know who would object to someone of a different race, someone of a different ethnicity moving in next to them, provided that the person who moves in next to them is someone who is a good neighbor. And how do you define a good neighbor? Well, I mean, on the most elemental level, you define a good neighbor as someone who doesn't steal from you, doesn't hurt you doesn't imperil you. That seems to go without saying, although it has to be said now because we have far too many neighborhoods 
in central Ohio and west central Ohio. We have far too many neighborhoods, particularly in big cities, and they're all run by Democrats, where you cannot take your own safety for granted and you cannot take the fact that your stuff will stay your stuff. You can't take that for granted either. And so when something happens that makes the national news on a New York subway, we just tend to go, well, that's how it is in the big city. Uh, But that is how it is increasingly becoming in every city. And it seems to me from the way that people are reacting to, well, not people, but uh, leftists are reacting to the courageous young Marine who stepped in and subdued the clearly mentally disturbed 30-year-old person who already had 44 arrests on his record, including an outstanding warrant for felony assault, which traced to him punching an old woman in the face. From the way people are reacting to this Marine hero, at least he used to be a hero, you can see how you will be treated if you ever dare do what used to be admired in our society. If you a good Samaritan, step in to help someone else from being hurt, well, now uh, you will be hurt yourself. Maybe not physically, but you will be hurt by the outcry and outrage that accompanies your act, your selfless act of courage. That is what I see when I look at people in New York City who... uh, Upon the death, the unfortunate, unforeseen, unexpected, and unwanted death of Jordan Neely, a clearly mentally disturbed person who got on a New York City subway and started shouting, I'll hurt anyone on this train. I don't mind going to jail and getting life in prison. Yeah, that's a threat. And you've all seen videos. If you haven't, you can go to my social media and see them of other instances where people are clearly mentally disturbed, not rational, imperiling and endangering other people. There's one I watched this morning, one that I retweeted that is decidedly disturbing, where a guy is ranting and raving, and he grabs a woman who's not with him, he's a stranger, grabs her by the hair, and she is terrified. She has no idea what he is going to do. No one on the train intervenes. No one goes over and says, hey, would you please let go of her? You're scaring her. No, they don't because they don't want to get hurt themselves. And they don't want to be treated like this Marine is being treated who applied a chokehold from behind Jordan Neely. And then Jordan Neely, and who knows what, if anything... He might have had in his system. You know George Floyd had enough fentanyl in his system to kill a horse, right? You know that. Maybe you don't know that because that's rarely reported, but that's true. And I'm not saying that Derek Chauvin acted appropriately. I'm just saying that there are aspects of every story that get unreported because they don't help the left shape the view that they want to shape. And the view they want to shape is that men acting like men traditionally have been supposed to act courageously, selflessly, strongly, boldly. Well, those men need to be stopped. And why do those men need to be stopped? 
well, easy, because if we stop those men, if we stop them either by charging them with murder or by uh, ruining their lives, like Kyle Rittenhouse, if we stop those men, well, then the men, the protectors who don't quite have that streak of courage and valor inside them, well, then they'll be really super easy to control. And then the leftists can just have their way everywhere. And this desire to tear down every institution in our country, order, respect for law, punishment for crimes, things that have made us an an orderly, civil country, aren't always as easy to spot as they are when AOC goes on Twitter immediately after this crazed person on a New York subway unfortunately dies when he's being restrained. Some of them are really insidious, and some of them sound really pleasant and really fair. The dispatch is in the middle of engaging in just this sort of leftist propaganda with a series on affordable housing. Oh, doesn't that sound wonderful? Wouldn't everyone like affordable housing? Yes, everyone would love affordable housing. And Mark Ferencik writes in the dispatch, the lack of affordable housing is a problem across many Columbus suburbs. Wow, way to start with a fact not in evidence. Is it really a problem that housing in Dublin, Upper Arlington, New Albany isn't affordable? Affordable to who? I drive through those communities. It must be affordable to some people because there are a lot of people living there. A lot of people living at Tartan Fields, a lot of people living by Kinsale, a lot of people living by Scioto Reserve, a lot of people living by Wedgwood. It must not be unaffordable, Mark Ferencik, but it's unaffordable to the kind of people that Mark Ferencik and the dispatch want to move into those neighborhoods. And you say, oh, well, you're racist, Bruce. You don't want black people to live in those neighborhoods. There are plenty of black people living in those neighborhoods. There are successful black people who've played by the rules that have always been in place in society until, well, until George Floyd gave the left a playbook. We used to aspire to live in safe neighborhoods, have safe schools, achieve a certain level of prosperity by being able to afford a home in a nice neighborhood. I remember when I lived in Upper Arlington and my wife wanted to sell and move to the country, I said, you know, there's a heck of an entry fee to get into Upper Arlington. And once you get out, you benefit from the entry fee you paid to get in, but then if you ever want to get back in, the entry fee is really, really, really high. Everybody's known that. There is no need to change neighborhoods unless those neighborhoods are in violation of redlining laws and free housing laws and all of that. But the left sees a need to change the character of every neighborhood because it's not enough that Franklinton and the Hilltop are cesspits of democratic rule. They want that to happen everywhere. So here's a headline that you think, well, this has nothing to do with a 30-year-old mentally ill person being restrained on a New York subway and uh, dying. Secretary of State Frank LaRose's car was stolen from his garage on Wednesday. Where does Frank live? Frank does not live in Franklinton or in the Hilltop 
or on the Near East Side or any place where cars are routinely stolen from driveways. No, Frank lives in Upper Arlington. And so his wife called 911 uh, very early in the morning and said a burglary was in process in the family's garage. Police officers arrived. Mr. LaRose's car had been stolen. His credit card was stolen. Campaign materials, keys, work ID. Uh, They found the car around the corner, but they did not find the credit card. And so you say, well, all's well that ends well. Yeah, I mean, it did end well. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was, uh, you know, hurt near like can happen when people get violent if they're accosted stealing vehicles. But that kind of stuff doesn't happen very often in Upper Arlington. So why is it happening in Upper Arlington? Why are cars being stolen now in Dublin and Hilliard? Well, we had a rash of car thefts in downtown Columbus and some of the quote-unquote bad areas of Columbus. And, oh, it sounds terrible to say there are bad areas of Columbus, Bruce. I didn't say there were bad people. When people hear bad area, they think, if they think, of a certain race. It's their own issue. There are people of all nationalities who live in all areas of Columbus. I'm just going to tell you, if you live in an affluent neighborhood and there's a surgeon who lives next to you and he is of a different ethnicity than you, you don't care and he doesn't care. All they, you care about is that he be a good neighbor and that you be a good neighbor to them. But this is not enough to live by the norms and the mores that we've always lived by, where if you achieve a certain level of success, you can expect to move to a neighborhood where other people value their um, material wealth, their property, their safety, where other people value it like you do. That's not enough for the leftists out there. They want everything to become a cesspool. And so there's this push now under the guise of affordable housing that, You have to put into your affluent suburb housing that people who work in the local hotels or local restaurants can afford. Because after all, I mean, you can't ask people to commute to work. I don't know why, because I grew up with a father who commuted 30 miles to work from a rural area. You know why he did that? Because the job paid well. The job paid well relative to the jobs he could get in the rural area where we lived. This has been something that people have done for years and years and years and years. Is there anyone who, I wonder, I wonder, is there anyone who works downtown, who commutes from Upper Arlington, Dublin, New Albany, Gahanna, anybody? Or does everybody work within like walking distance of where they work? Uh, This is a big, big problem, according to the Columbus Dispatch, and they have decided that they're going to train their crosshairs on Dublin, because Dublin is, uh, well, by the uh, accounts of the people that dispatch interviews, Dublin is exclusionary. Uh, (laughs) um, Glennon Sweeney, senior research associate at Ohio State's Kerwin Institute for the Study of Race and Ethnicity. He probably has to carry two business cards to fit all that on it. He says, I don't think Dublin will ever give you a chance. Dublin and New Albany, they're not opposed to diversity as long as it's not economic diversity. Uh Uh-huh. It's so funny to me how under the guise of giving everybody a fair chance or 
being kind, not being exclusionary or whatever, they impugn successful people. They paint successful people with a brush that puts them now in the light where they've done something wrong by going to college, getting an advanced degree, moving up the ranks in their company, investing wisely. Yes, I know there are people who inherit their wealth, but there are far more who earn it. And once they earn it, they would like to live in a place where they don't have to worry about things happening to them that happen far more routinely in other areas of town. But the fact that Frank LaRose had his car stolen from his garage at 420 in the morning in Upper Arlington, the fact that it is now super common, super common for Kias and Hyundais to be stolen in Dublin and in Hilliard, in the suburbs, the fact that that is going on is proof positive that the criminal activity that used to be restricted to the central part of town is now moving out into the suburbs. And the left loves that. And so when they get something that happens on a New York subway where a guy is ranting, raving, threatening people, and he gets restrained from behind, and then he dies, quite unfortunately, also unforeseen, well then... I mean, they don't even have to dust off the cover of the George Floyd playbook because they know they never leave home without the George Floyd playbook, which is, hey, a black man was killed via an interaction with a white man. Look at all that we can do with that. So what will happen to this 24-year-old Marine who, as luck would have it from the left, is not only a Marine, but is blonde and white. I mean, central casting could not have ordered up a better target for the left than this guy. And he's pictured in the New York Post, so these pictures are going to go everywhere. And who will decide what happens to this guy? Oh, I know who will decide what happens to him. New York prosecuting attorney, Alvin Bragg, Manhattan prosecuting attorney, Alvin Bragg. Now, Alvin Bragg, as you know, you say, well, he's awful busy uh, trumping up charges against Donald Trump. Ah, but he'll take time to delegate this matter to one of his underlings, maybe to his chief prosecutor, Meg Rice. Meg Rice has had some things to say about the power of the prosecutor's office in Manhattan where this crazed subway rider was restrained and unfortunately died. And if you listen to what Meg Rice has to say, and I'll tell you what she had to say next, I'm pretty sure you will not want to be in the shoes of a guy who should be hailed as a hero. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.